series entitled, Winning the Battle of the Mind. Winning the Battle of the Mind, of what we have to deal with, and over the next couple of weeks, you're going to hear uh, winning the battle of the mind when it comes to trying to be popular. And before all of us adults look at each other and say, I quit trying to be popular a long time ago. No, you didn't. You just changed the group you was trying to be popular with. It's the truth. You're going to hear things because that's one of the battles that we fight in our minds. You're going to hear someone that's going to make everybody in the room shout on overcoming the battle of my mind when it comes to complaining. That's where you should have laughed. Everybody's going to shout when it comes to talking about complaining. (laughs) We're going to talk about envy. We're going to talk about all kinds of fun stuff. But I want to lay a foundation for you today as we look into this because some of the statements that I've heard over the past weeks and several weeks uh, from multiple people is I'm just not in a good state of mind. I just can't get my mind straight. I can't get things right. And folks, let me tell you, these are very real and very difficult things to overcome. This is a very real struggle that not, listen, don't feel alone. You're not the only one that, 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 that struggles with this. Where we just don't feel like we can get our mind straight. Everything that has come to us has come to us and we're like, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get things going. And when we get to the place where we're winning the war of the mind, uh, we find ourselves that we have a lot to do with this, to control. Go to Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I think, no, verse 2. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, Okay, so first off, don't be conformed to the world. Listen, folks, that's not talking about hairstyles. That's not talking about clothing. That's not talking about the type of music you listen to. It's a mindset. It's a whole mind. Well, how do you know it's a mindset? I'm glad you asked. And do not be conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the what? Of your so he's not talking about your out. So if you're one of these people say, well, I don't dress that way because I don't want to look like the world. Psst, somebody out there is dressing like you. You ain't that special. I taught high school for, for a long time. Uh, and it was at a Christian school. And they were very strict. Okay? Very strict with their clothing. And one of my favorite people in the world, his name's Wes. Punk rock kid to, I mean, he's a daddy of a two or three now, uh, works all his jobs, and he has been a punk rock kid as long as I knew him. He comes to school with white patent leather shoes on, a plaid shirt, a big wide white ladies belt, had some funky shirt, a Hawaiian shirt on, tucked in. So all the teachers had this meeting, said, what are we going to do with Wes? I said, you're not going to do anything with him. They said, why? I said, he is completely in your dress code. His shirt's tucked in. He had a belt on. But what does Paul tell us here? 
Don't, see, I would never, okay, so you wouldn't dress like that. Don't be conformed to this world. He's not talking about clothes. He's not talking about style. He said, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? So that you may prove that is good. Oh, and what is acceptable will and perfect, sorry, will of God. That's what our mind's supposed to do. It's supposed to allow us to understand the mind, the will, and the purpose of God in our lives. That word prove there, funny word. According to Thayer, that word prove means to recognize as genuine. So you should be able to recognize the genuine will of God for your life. It means to recognize as genuine after an examination, to see that a thing is genuine or not. You ready for the last one? Is it up there yet? To approve. Wait a minute. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may approve. Try that over here. That you may approve what is the perfect and acceptable and perfect will of God. You may approve. See, somebody's, you're missing it. You put the stamp of approval on the will of God for your life. Do you understand how powerful that is? That means destiny is not waiting in the cards that you, I've just got to play out the cards that was handed to me. No, you don't. You find what the will of God says. Well, how do I know what the will of God says? I look in the Word. And when I look in the Word, I approve that Word to work in my life. You have to approve. Well, if, it, if you, you can't do this if you don't read your Word. If you don't pick up your Bible, how are you ever going to approve what the will of God is? Then you're just stuck with the cards you're dealt because you don't know any better. But I like what he said there, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Listen to this same verse out of uh, the expanded Bible, which if, if you don't know what it is, it gives you every way that could have been written. Do not be shaped by, conformed to, pressed into a mold by this world or age. Don't be pressed into the mold. Now we know it's not talking about what you look like or what you, what you listen to or how you dress or if you cut your hair or if you let your hair grow too long or you cover your body in tattoos. And it's, not, it's not about any of that. How in the world the church ever got to that, I'll never know. Well, I could tell you some of it, and it's all been misinterpreted anyhow. But anyhow, he said there, do not be shaped, conformed to, pressed into a mold by this world or age. Instead, be changed within, transformed by a new way of thinking or changing the way you think. Or the renewing of your mind. The word, the, then you'll be able to decide, discern, test, and approve what God wants for you. Is God's will. You will know what is good and pleasing to Him and what is perfect. 
And in this time of year, as, as a lot of people are going to go through stuff and a lot of people have gone through stuff, I'm telling you, for one thing is for sure, Emily, the struggle is real. Struggle for the battle of the mind's real. The struggle for me to just say I can't get my mind straight is real. And all of us will face it at times. But go to Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7 says this in verse 23. But I see another law in my members. In other words, my spirit's doing one thing, but my body's doing something else. He said, I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in, which is in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of this de- from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with my mind, I serve the law of God, but with my flesh, the law of sin. That's Paul being real, Amen. being real. Say, man, I really want to do everything right, but if my mind gets off track. And joins my body, I jump into sin every time. So how do I control my mind? You've got to let your spirit control your mind. If your spirit doesn't control your thought process, your mind will buddy up with your flesh. And when your mind and your flesh decide that they're going to have a party, you're going to find yourself doing things that you never thought you'd do. Or being somewhere you never thought you'd be. Or experiencing something you never thought you'd experience because you let the two wrong people decide to determine where you're going. Your spirit needs to control your mind. But how do I do that? Well, first I want you to know you're not alone. Paul had the same issue. And most of our New Testament was written by him. So if he had that issue, why do you think you're getting off easy? The struggle's real, folks. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 says, For we walk not in the flesh. We do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. That means fleshly. But mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Okay, stop right there. Don't go on. Mighty through God to the pulling down of what? Now, that's a military term. That's a fortress. That's, a, that's an encampment. So what, um, the weapons that God gives me are to pull down strongholds in my life. So where do I find the strongholds? See, we think it's this sin or that sin. It's this thing that I did or this thing that I didn't do. I've told you, years, years of, of practicing substance abuse uh, counseling. When, and my, my patients would come to me and they'd say, well, I relapsed. And I would ask them, you all have heard this time and time again. Well, I relapsed. And I asked them, when did you relapse? Well, I went to a party. They pulled all this stuff out. I took it. I said, no, when did you relapse? I'm telling you, I went to this party. My friends had all this stuff out, and so I did what they, what they were doing. I said, no, when did you relapse? See, relapse happened a long time before they ever... Yeah. 
a long time before they ever took a drug again. Relapse happened in their mind. When they said, maybe I can go. Maybe I can go and be around them. I haven't seen so-and-so for so long. You know what they're doing? Starting to slide. Well, maybe I can go talk to them. I won't do anything. I'll just make a a small appearance. You can't ever do that. Why? Because you've already started a relapse. You're going backward. Listen, I had a lady come to our house one time and and live, uh, uh, how many weeks? I don't know. Uh, She lived on the couch and she was a, uh, uh, she was, she was a crack addict. Yes, she lived on my couch. She's a crack addict. When we would go to church and take her with us, I intentionally didn't go by the place that is affectionately known in our hometown as Crack Alley. I intentionally didn't go by. Why? Because one day I drove by there and I saw her out the back in my rearview mirror. I saw her looking. And I said, hey, what are you looking at? She said, well, I'm just seeing who's out. Oh, bad, bad trail already happening. So for, 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 for month, or better, we would drive around that place. I'd take a longer route because her mind had to get out of that. Folks, we look at all kinds of different things. It doesn't have to be drugs. There's all kinds of things in our past and the things that we've done that we always go back to look at just to see if I can. I don't, you probably don't, some of you don't remember the old Lay's potato chip commercial. I'm a little bit older than some of you. But the commercial said no one can eat just one. And to them, they couldn't. Pulling down strongholds. So what are the the strongholds? He tells us in the next verse. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So what is the stronghold in all of our lives? Thoughts. Imaginations, things that say, God says this about you, but you're believing this about you. Oh, are you with me? Look what he says in verse 6. Be ready to punish all disobedience. Now, where's this this disobedience happening? In your mind, you've got to punish these things. You've got to take a hold of these thoughts and cast them out. If I come in your house with big muddy boots on, Put them up on your couch. Went through, messed up everything that you had all neat and pretty and looking good. You know what you would do? Kelsey would get Aaron to walk me out of the house. Okay? That's what we got to do with our thought life. When our thoughts are starting to go wild and telling us things that are different than what God's Word says about us, you're going to have to grab a hold of those things right now and say, I refuse to think like this anymore. I refuse to allow this to determine my identity. I refuse to allow this to define me. And I am going to take authority over the thoughts of my life and they are disobedient and I will punish them. When you're being ready to punish all disobedience. The word there I told you is a stronghold. It means castle, stronghold. It's a fortress. You ready? Here's the rest of the definition for the word stronghold. 
anything on which one relies of the arguments and the reasonings by which a disputant endeavors to fortify his opinion and defend it against his opponent. But who is my opponent? My opponent at that time is God. <laughs> Cast down every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So when I start believing something about myself that is contrary to what the Word says about me, I am actually coming in direct opposition of God Himself. And He says, how dare you talk about my child like that? I won't let Dee put herself down. Makes me mad. I get angry. We can, be, we can be real, right? Transparent. I get angry if she puts herself down. And one time I said that to her. I said, I wouldn't let anybody else talk about my wife that way. Why would I let you talk about my wife that way? How many times does that happen to us? We believe I'm worthless. I'm not worthy. I'm not lovable. I'm not able. I'm not this. And every one of those are completely contrary to what God says about you. And you are putting yourself in direct opposition to God himself. Anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Mount said it is an opposing bulwark of error. That's what a stronghold is. Imaginations is a reckoning, a computation, a reasoning, a thought. Bringing into captivity every thought. A mental perception. A thought. That which thinks the mind. You know what's going to make or break you and I in 2024? You ready? It's not going to be who's president this year. Ain't going to do it. It will not make or break you. You can, you can stress. You can stress out, sweat, wring your hands all you want. Remember, you, we don't even operate in a religion here. You operate in a kingdom. And if you're part of a kingdom, why are you trying to, to in, 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 in put that in yourself, a political realm? I know. That's about as much politics as you'll get out of me. <laughs> Folks, thoughts are power. Thoughts are power. And the sooner we understand that about ourselves, the, your life will move in the direction of your thoughts. Your life will move in the direction of your thoughts. Your thoughts are the little engine that could. And once those thoughts stay in there, they will hang around forever. I'm going to get nerdy on you for a little bit. I was reading an article recently on... <laughs> Don't laugh. Some of you are already smiling at me. The article was called, How Negativity Actually Messes with Your Brain Chemistry. 
And it was by Karina Wolf. You ready? It was on fabfitfun.com. Yes, it's a women's article. Um, <laughs> shut up, Zach. Um, negative thoughts, folks, actually... See, here's the thing a lot of people don't understand about addiction. Addiction will absolutely change the chemical and biological makeup of your brain. You don't even think the same. And it will stay that way. You just have to learn other behaviors. Unless God completely delivers you from it. And praise God, I know a lot of people that he has. Negative thoughts actually change the chemical makeup of your mind. Can I get nerdy for a little while? Negative thoughts actually change the chemical makeup of your mind. Dr. Dorian Crawford said this. She said, negative thoughts, uh, negative processing, sorry, is often associated with stress. And stress often results in an increase of cortisol. This increases the white matter of the brain. Neuron activity is less efficient in white versus gray matter. So when we're thinking negative, it changes parts of our body and releases something called cortisol, which creates white matter in the brain rather than gray matter. <laughs> Are y'all okay? I know, I'm, I'm gonna get, it's going to get worse here in a minute. She goes on to say, this increase in white matter in the brain, neuron activity is less efficient, I read that, uh, in white versus gray matter, making your brain susceptible to responding less effectively to stress or difficulties. If you are a negative person and you just continue to live in negative things, you are actually hindering yourself from working through stress that comes to everybody. Welcome to life. Everybody gets stressed out. D says even me. You can't prove it. It happens to everybody. It changes the chemical makeup in your brain. And you are actually, by continuing to think negative, you are actually hindering yourself from being able to deal with stress effectively. She also goes on to say, if your brain repeatedly perceives stress and negative events as dangerous, the thalamus will trigger the flight or fight response, or the fight or flight response, flooding the body with adrenaline, and possibly triggering a panic attack. So how do I control this? Stop. Listen, God had it figured out. Be not, don't think like the world. Think different. Don't be pressed into the mold of the world where everybody's panicked and freaked out and running around and wringing their hands and, and, and all this stuff. He said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He, the word had the science figured out before science ever did. Oh, thank you, Lord. And it says that it, it, it triggers a panic attack. At the very least, anxiety is heightened, which reduces the brain's ability to manage complex processing. 
If you continually think negative, you are actually hurting yourself from being able to think through complex things. See why this had to be the foundation of everything else we're going to build on? It releases chemical differences in our brains. Nicole Issa, and I know I probably destroyed that name. She said this. She said, the way in which this happens is that negative emotions activate the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. Your body's built-in stress response system. What? Negative thoughts continue to activate my body's stress response system. You know what happens when you're constantly responding to stress? You don't sleep. You run around. You're scared. You're afraid. You're always in fight mode. You're always... And when Ted says something silly to you, And Jody bites his head off. <laughs> Negative thoughts create these. We wonder, well, why can't I get along with somebody? I'd really like to know how you think most of the time. Because your thought process keeps you in the place of calm or in a place of heightened anxiety. Now, I'm not talking about brains that, that are... Uh, need chemically things to to operate correctly. I'm talking about things that happen in all of us. She goes on to say, the changes in neurological endocrine systems lead to risk factors of stroke. Wait a minute. Negative thoughts. Me thinking negative increases my chance for a stroke? Then who's hurting me, Doc Steve? I'm hurting myself. I'm doing this to myself because I refuse to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. Nicole Issa goes on to say, she said, your, preferred, your prefrontal cortex, which is used for cognitive functioning and organization, has energy diverted away from it. When I'm thinking negatively, the part of my brain that helps me cognitively think and helps me stay organized, I'm actually having chemicals diverted away from that part of my brain. And so then what do I do? I get stressed out because my life's in chaos. Nothing's organized. Nothing's set up right. (laughs) And she says, as a result... You can't think clearly. If we ever want to win the war in our minds, the first place we have to start is what Corinthians says. We have to cast down imaginations and take into captivity every thought. Well, that sounds like a lot of work. And your life is worth it. Every day of your life is worth you waking up and saying, no, I'm not going to think that way anymore. You're worth putting a little bit of work in on yourself. Of saying, God says this about me. 
But I think this, I'm wrong. I have to go and do what God's Word says that I can do. If the Word says, by His stripes I'm healed, I need to quit running around saying, I guess I'm just like so-and-so and going to deal with this high blood pressure all of my life. Well, I guess that's just the way it is. I'm always going to be broke. But the Word says, my God will supply all your need according to His riches and glory. But my bank account don't show it. What's that got to do with God's Word? Yeah, but you know, nobody in my family's ever had anything. So what? It's your thought life that's keeping you bound. It was their thought life keeping them bound. So are you going to continue with somebody else's thoughts about you or are you going to go with what God says about you? That's a simple question. Anybody know what neural pathways are? I told you I'm going to get nerdy a little bit. Neural pathways are pathways in your brain that thoughts just all the time. They're always firing off. They're always thinking. They're always doing something. There are billions and billions of pathways in your brain. The more often you think a thought, the easier it is for that thought to travel. It's been proven. So what happens is it gets easier to think negative thoughts because they they know the road. They know the route. They just know it's easier for them to travel. And because they, they travel this route so often, it becomes a default for them. And so then it becomes a default for our thinking. Because I've given so much negativity thought into my mind. It's now become my default way of thinking. Gloom, despair. I know that a whole lot of people don't remember that one. An agony on me, deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Man, when are we going to stop thinking like this? That's not what God's Word says about you. God's Word says, I have been, uh, been given the kingdom of God, and I have been given to reign in life. I have been given over to victory. I walk in the newness of God. When am I going to quit putting my own life down? This is your thoughts, my thoughts. And so the more times I spend, the more time I spend thinking negative, the easier the pathway gets for negative thoughts to come. And now they become my default. Dr. Dorian Crawford said this. She said, if the persistently visited thoughts are negative, that forms a quick and easy embedded path to revisit and reinforce negative thoughts. Increased negativity reinforces negative negativity. And makes it more efficient to access as the dominant thought pattern. It can become, negativity can become your dominant thought pattern. Well, guess who can fix this? I don't, listen, 
I don't have to lay. My prayer team's going to come up here in just a few minutes. They can't pray this down on you. I could lay hands on you for hours on end until my handprint is embedded in your forehead. And it will not change a thing. This is on you. This is on me. This is on we. We have to control our thought life. He told us in Romans, be not conformed to the thought patterns of this world, but be transformed by our thinking. And only you, sound like Smokey the Bear, only you can stop the negative pathways in your own mind. Let's go back, let's go back to some spiritual stuff. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatsoever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are a good report, if there is any virtue, if there is any praise, think on these things. Well, what do I think about if I don't think about how bad it is? Think on these things. Yeah, but my life's falling apart and it's all hell right now. Think on these things. Yeah, but you don't know what they did to me. Think on these things. Man, I can spend all day long thinking about how Zach hurt me, how Zach did me wrong, how Zach disappointed me, and what happens? It becomes my default. Or I can say, you know what? No. That's not going to become my identity. I'm going to start thinking on things that are true and honest and just and pure and lovely and of good report that are praiseworthy. And I'm going to take a hold of every thought, every imagination, everything that comes up that says me and Zach should just go behind the building and just see who comes out. You all laughing like you find something funny. Or I can say, you know what? The Word says I can live at peace with all men. Matter of fact, the word says I should live at peace with all men. Even the ones who did me dirty. Even the ones that hurt me. Even the ones that lied to me. I can still live at peace. No, I can't. Yes, you can. It's your thoughts. You're either going to stay in bondage to it or you can be free today. (laughs) The expanded Bible again says this of that same verse. Finally, in conclusion, or now then, brothers and sisters, think about, focus your thoughts on, fill your minds with things that are true and honorable and right, just and pure and beautiful, lovely and respected, commendable. If there is anything that is good, morally excellent and worthy of praise, Think about, focus your thoughts on, fill your minds with these things. So you know what we all need? We need a thought audit. Since it's tax season, we need a thought audit. We need to stop doing everything else and quit the rush. And we need to sit down and identify The biggest stronghold, the biggest thought that in our life 
that is contrary to what God's Word says about us. And we need to start taking control of that thought. I'm not telling you pick every one of them right now. Pick the biggest. Get the biggest. That's what they tell you when you, when, when, when you uh, show up someplace, right? <laughs> pick the biggest in the house. Lay it out. Establish yourself around. You need to pick your biggest thought. The biggest thing, the biggest stronghold in your mind that is contrary to what God's Word says about you. It's any thought that doesn't line up with the Word of God. I'm not good enough. But the Word says I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And marvelous are His works. Well, I don't deserve love. The Word says not that we love God, but that He loved us. Or, or how about, I don't deserve good things in my life because of my past. Except the word says that he didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He didn't come to condemn. Well, I always feel condemned. That's not God. That's a thought. You need to grab a hold of it. You need to take it in, in your hands. I'm always going to be broke. My God shall supply all my needs according to His riches and glory. Well, I'm not smart enough. When my daughter was born, now if you say, well, who's your daughter if you don't know me in here? She's the one back there teaching your uh, kids right now. When she was born, she was born, I don't know how many weeks early, I always get it wrong, so you can ask Dee. Uh, She was three pounds and eight ounces, lost eight ounces the first day. From her backside to the back of her head would fit in the palm of my hand. My parents, oh, she'll love this one. My parents went out and, I, and before they took her to the NICU, they asked me what she looked like and I told my dad she looks like an alien. Because when I saw her, she was blue. and had a cone head. They did tests on her to say, to prove what was going on. And they said, she's got four plus brain bleeds on both sides of her head. And God said, you gave her to me, right? I said, yeah. He said, I'll take care of this. So they they did everything. Miraculously, the bleeds started fixing themselves. They tried to tell us that she may have all this trouble and we'll never really know her full potential. When she went to college on a volleyball scholarship, do you know how bad I wanted her to take her back to her doctors and say, hey, remember this? And she got a degree in kinesiology. You know how bad I wanted to say, hey, look at this. When she made straight A's through occupational therapy school, you know how bad I wanted to say, hey, look at this. But you know what you don't know is that every day I laid hands on that little head and I said, you have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is in you and it knows the secrets of the universe. You'll be intelligent. You'll be wise. You'll be smart. You have the mind of Christ. And she, she's in school now still making straight A's. 
say, well, you're bragging. Yes, I am. <laughs> I don't care. Because you know why? God did that. Well, I'm never going to be smart enough. You've got the mind of Christ. Didn't Philippians say, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Well, we'll talk about that another day. You've got to have the mind of Christ. You've got the mind of Christ in you. Listen, if you're in here and you're in school, he invented algebra. He can help you get through it. Listen, whatever you're dealing with today, and you say, I don't know how. Yes, you do. The mind of Christ is in you. you you're, that's a thought that is against God's word. <laughs> well, I'm worthless. Except the word says, I'm the workmanship of God created in Christ. Folks, you have to be able to identify the biggest stronghold. Your biggest thought you cannot defeat what you cannot identify. It doesn't work that way. You got, well, it means I have to do some digging, yep. Okay. Look what Psalms 139, verse 23. We're going to go through these fast now. The expanded Bible says it this way. God examine, investigate, search me and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. God knows your thoughts. Let him help you out. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23. Here we go. Flying through it. Changing our thought patterns. Here's how to do it. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23. Changing our thought patterns. Keep your word with, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. That word heart means inner man, the mind, and the will. So keep your mind with all diligence. Keep your mind with all diligence. I'm going to read that again out of the expanded Bible. I told you, expanded Bible will give you every ways this could have been written. Be careful what you think. Above all, guard, see, it's not off. Well, I just told you what the definition of those words were. Be careful what you think. Above all, guard and protect your heart because the thoughts, your thoughts run your life. Life flows from your thoughts. So how do I do it? Last one, Isaiah 26, 3. And I will set him at perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. He will set him at perfect peace. God will give you perfect peace. You want perfect peace in your life? Here's how you do it. He becomes, God becomes the focus of your mind. Amen? Amen. Amen. You guys were patient today. Hey, we love you. And we appreciate you sincerely. But today, if you're struggling with something, don't struggle alone. Don't ever go through things alone that you don't first come up here and talk to me. Come up here and talk to Ted. Ted's here two or three days a week. I'm here every day, except Fridays. But I've got a prayer team that's coming right now. 
And if you're going through anything and you need someone to help you, they would love to pray with you. And we can get our minds straight. And we're going to start today winning the war of the mind. And it's just going to keep getting more fun from here. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We appreciate you. We thank you for who you are. I thank you that you are a good God doing good things for us. Father, I thank you that you show us how to control our thoughts, how to gain ascendancy over our thought life, and let us bring every thought into subjective captivity to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. And if-